This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. For a couple of decades between the First and Second World Wars, something mysterious happened. Many things, actually. There were murders in country houses, on golf courses, in Oxford colleges, on trains, in vicarages, in far-flung parts of the globe and quaint English villages. Pistols, daggers, blunt instruments and exotic poisons abounded. No fictional character was safe. Because these events were all fictional, the plots of novels that flooded the market in the 1920s and 30s. People couldn't get enough of all of the inventive ways that writers like Agatha Christie, Dorothy L. Sayers, Marjorie Allingham, Anthony Barclay, Gladys Mitchell, Niall Marsh, Josephine Tay and more could think of for people to die. This period came to be known as the golden age of detective fiction, and for good reason. If this all sounds very familiar to you, then you're in the right place. Welcome to She Done It. I'm Caroline Crampton. This golden age of mystery stories coincided with the aftermath of the First World War, when more women were starting to achieve the right to vote and the economic freedom to earn their own living. One of them, Agatha Christie, is one of the biggest selling authors ever, with billions of copies bought all over the world. The work of Sayers, Allingham and co. is also still very much in print and finding new readers every day. The huge popularity of detective stories enabled these women to work as professional writers in a way that hadn't really existed in a widespread way before. They weren't struggling to prove that their work was worthy of being deemed great literature, but instead delivering gripping, thrilling entertainment to millions. And their work is still reaching people. There are so many ardent fans of Golden Age detective stories all around the world. The books are translated and adapted everywhere, with new TV and film versions appearing all the time. There are so many different aspects of these books that speak to people too. During my research for this podcast, I've been asking fans to share their reasons for loving these books with me, and I got such a huge variety of answers. For Maxine, it's all about the thrill of the chase. I like Golden Age detective fiction because... I love a good puzzle. Novels such as these always have a fabulous puzzle. You have the clues laid out before you. And I guess if, you, if you're bright enough, you can actually uh, work it out ahead of the time. Often I find I just like to get caught up in the story. As for Lena, she likes to learn about the era that these books were written in. The stories transport you to a world and an age that heralded the modernity of our today. Then for Sonia, it's all about the contrast with how crime stories are told now. Because I enjoy the deductions of the detectives, both professional and amateur, without forensics, mobile phones and other modern methods. Kirsty found her love of Miss Marple through a TV adaptation and learned from it early on about ageism and how women are too often underestimated. I grew up watching Joan Hickson on the BBC and I absolutely loved the fact that she was so amazingly intellectual and yet she was a little old lady and that was just such a a marvellous thing for me. 
For Helen, these stories help her feel connected to the people from her past. I think really what I enjoy is the recreation of a world. Um, I'm not even sure it's a world that was a good one or a safe one or a fair one, but that's what attracts me because it, it puts me back in contact with people who've died a long time ago, you know, my older relatives. And for Skye, it's even more than that. They're a way of connecting the generations. I started reading them because I found them on the shelves of my grandmother's house in Finland. She was reading them to help her learn English, but also because she loved murder mysteries. And she imparted that love to me. I just recently read Murder on the Orient Express to my son, and he enjoyed that. And now we're about to start reading another one. So it's come full circle. The work of these authors, many of whom, like Christie, Sayers and Allingham, were women shaping for themselves what it meant to be a professional writer in their time, was informed by their political and social context, by the real-life cases that they poured over, and by the voracious appetite of the public for yet more puzzles. But the sheer popularity of these books has to an extent obscured the fascinating stories that lie behind the plots. We all know about Miss Marple's nosy Parker ways, but less about why her status as a spinster makes her so ideally suited to solving crimes. Dorothy L. Sayers wasn't just a mystery author. She was a Sherlock Holmes superfan who worked as an advertising copywriter and created something called The Mustard Club, which is a really early form of successful guerrilla marketing. Agatha Christie was a best-selling author, yes, but she was also an archaeologist and a pioneering surfer. All of these women had complicated, startling lives that are worth bringing to the fore. So that's what I'm going to be doing in this podcast, telling the stories that lurk in the shadows of the famous detective novels. Along the way, we'll learn all about things like the queer subtext of Golden Age detective stories, the intersection of feminism and stories of murder, the slow creep of technology into detection, and much, much more. If you've ever stayed up late reading under the covers to find out who done it, then this podcast is for you. Find us at shedoneitshow.com, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as shedoneitshow, and in all major podcast apps. Subscribe now so you don't miss the first episode. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.